0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney.
1: And I am Carl.
0: This is episode 92, and it's the Father's Day episode, and we're talking about the best and worst fathers in anime. There will probably be a decent amount of spoilers in this episode as we talk about these fathers and their respective anime, so just a heads up on that. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there and all of the fathers. To all who
1: celebrate. (laughs)
0: Yes. And to all of the fathers in anime, especially the ones that we're going to talk about in this episode. I think the episode is actually going to come out a day after Father's Day. So for any fathers who celebrated, hopefully it was a a nice celebration.
1: A shout out to both of our fathers. I don't know if they listened to this podcast. Oh God, I hope (laughs) not. I really hope
0: not. (laughs) But hopefully
1: they both had great meals today i know today you mean yesterday or yesterday (laughs) it's so weird thinking about these episodes coming out in the future but yeah i know that um,
0: it's an episode that is coming out in the future and we're talking about the past which is still technically the future as of the day that we're recording this
1: yeah the timeline's real skewed right now but i guess what i was going to say is hopefully our fathers had great father's day meals i know that uh i'll be or we'll be taking my father out to a Pretty pretty big Chinese restaurant. <laughs> we're going to
0: dim sum. I'm yeah. excited. Um, or I guess I was excited by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and then for my dad, I think um, my mom's working that day. So I think we're doing Father's Day stuff actually after Father's Day. So I can appropriately talk about it in the future. I'm looking forward to going out to eat somewhere with my family and my dad for Father's Day. Um, so that'll be nice. And before we get into talking all about fathers in anime, a couple of reminders. Um, For anyone listening to us on Spotify, we are still... Chugging along, trying to get to 100 ratings on the Spotify app. I think as of this recording, we're at 87. So we're only 13 away, right? 13? Is my math correct? Yeah. 13. Yes, it is. <laughs> we're only 13 ratings away. So if you enjoy the podcast and you're listening to us on the Spotify app, head over to our podcast page, find the star, leave us a rating, and help us reach 100 ratings. And then on Discord... If you're not part of our Discord, we wanted to share that we recently started a Star Wars channel, which is perfect for you.
1: Yes, I would say that it's good. <laughs> so, oh, God, now I'm cringing it.
0: At... <laughs> you're cringing at your own cringe? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we ended
1: up starting a separate Star Wars channel on our Discord, because as some of you might know, right now, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus is... Uh, is is currently airing. Uh, actually, it's episode 5 came out today and that was a pretty big one. Um, so there's actually one more episode left that will be released next week. But there were a couple of users who were discussing the episodes in our regular, uh, like we have a other nerdy stuff channel where it, it was like grouped in with DC, Marvel, and Star Wars, but we ended up spoiler tagging a lot of it because we knew that there were other p- folks out there who probably weren't into Star, or like haven't watched Star Wars, haven't watched Kenobi, and so we didn't want to get um, their their Discord uh, experience ruined. But we figured like Star Wars, we have enough Discord users who are big fans, um, and just the franchise itself, is big enough to merit its own channel so we just ended up making that separate for everyone who loves things that are related to a galaxy far far away
0: yeah, like you. You always have uh, Star Wars references, so now you can make even more references without having to spoiler tag everything in the Discord. Yeah, I pretty personally...
1: soon we'll have a, a Dark Knight channel, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: I personally don't venture too often into the Star Wars channel, um, but I do enjoy the the prequel, sequel, subreddit meme. No, prequel, sequel, memes, subreddits. Um, so maybe if I find anything funny there, I'll share it in the Discord channel.
1: Yeah, I know people have been sharing uh, sharing <laughs> a lot of I think prequel memes at least. I know I've been sharing a bunch. Uh, I feel
0: like those are the funnier memes.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> the prequels came out at a pretty pivotal time uh, for a lot of like young folks like or young millennials who were into it. But then there was also like the older Star Wars folks were like, what the what the heck are we watching right now? <laughs> uh, but I think as as time has gone on. The prequels have been like people have learned to embrace the prequels, both as like their their significance in the Star Wars lore and as a source of meme material.
0: Yeah, I feel like I quote prequel quotes more than I do any other Star Wars.
1: You will try.
0: It's working. (laughs) Shout out to Rob.
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Like the prequels are back in the like back in the trending column now that Obi Wan Kenobi is out um and we see a bunch of familiar faces from the prequels i won't spoil anything there but yeah what uh, what other better time would there be to create a discord channel for star wars
0: and now so if you're not part of our Discord and you're interested in joining and possibly talking all about Star Wars with Carl and everyone else, the link to join our Discord is in the description. Don't be shy because apparently, according to what you wrote in that channel, it's a it's a channel not just for the men, but for the women and children too. <laughs> yeah, it's for
1: all Star Wars fans, whether you love the prequels, the originals, the sequels. Um, if you were into the EU, which is now called the Legends Universe, or the what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, you know, like Disney acquired Lucasfilm uh-huh. uh, early 2010s. Uh-huh. And so with Star Wars, they decided anything that came out uh, that was Star Wars related, except for the movies and for the TV series, The Clone Wars, uh-huh. they decided none of that was canon. Okay. And so that was <laughs> referred to as the EU or the expanded universe. And Disney decided to give it the moniker Legends. So those materials are still out there for everyone to read, but they're just not canon in Star Wars anymore. So everything that has come out for Star Wars post that acquisition of Lucas Lucasfilm is official canon now.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably forget that, but uh, I'll take your word for Think it. Think of it like
1: how you know Marvel. Like they have their comics,-huh. And so those are kind of like their own separate universes. Uh-huh. And then you have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is its own universe.-huh. Like kind of how those canons and chronologies are split up. Okay. That's, that's the easiest way I can explain it.
0: It makes sense. I just don't think I know enough about Star Wars lore to know specifically what's Canon and what's not. But I'll just ask you. That's, that's why you're here, right? To help me out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there are fandom wikis out there that say what is canon and what is quote-unquote legends.
0: That sounds like a lot of reading. <laughs> I'll just ask you. It's okay. <laughs>
1: but back to anime-related news, we do have some exciting news to share um, with an upcoming anime convention that we'll be attending.
0: Is it an anime convention? I mean, I guess technically it is, but is it a traditional anime convention? I'm not sure.
1: I think you could categorize... It fits within that category of anime convention. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that is Crunchyroll Expo, which will be August 5th through 7th in San Jose, California.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to Crunchyroll Expo. It kind of just... Happened suddenly. We booked our tickets, and I think the driving force behind that was the announcement of your favorite Japanese music group performing at that expo.
1: Yes, and that would be Atarashigako. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, they are a J-pop. I don't even know if they consider themselves J-pop, but like they're a Japanese girl group. Um, it's four four members. They dress in sailor uniforms, but they're known for like their very unique and extravagant choreography and their music which is right now it feels like very experimental but it's revolved around the themes of like living a youthful life and just breaking out of boundaries and expressing yourself um i i just got drawn to them because of just how unique they are they are compared to a lot of other not just like j-pop or idol groups um even though they don't consider themselves an idol group but just how different they are in the music industry as a whole. Uh, so I ended up like I was browsing Instagram one night and there was a story that popped up from one of my follow or someone that I follow. And it just randomly announced at midnight, I think Crunchyroll Expo, like their social media randomly announced that Atarashigako was going to be one of their featured guests at. I think they're having like a sort of like music festival alongside their anime convention. And I was just ecstatic to hear that news because they're also performing at uh, this music festival called Head in the Clouds, but I'm not a huge music festival head. And plus those tickets were like super expensive to get. And so I thought, you know what? They're at an anime convention. I love anime conventions. We should see if this will work out and give it a shot and... And it, thankfully, everything did work out logistically.
0: And it's not too long after your 30th birthday. So what a great way to celebrate.
1: Yeah. It'll be my first time seeing them perform live. Um, and so I, I didn't know if I would get another opportunity like this unless we were to go to Japan. And they happen to be performing while we are in Japan. But, yeah, I'm super excited to, to see them perform as well as just explore Crunchyroll Expo because it'll be our first time attending this convention as well.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what to expect. Like I said, I don't know if it's if it's like a traditional anime convention or if it's something else. Cause I, when I hear the word Expo, I feel like it's maybe a little more not like business oriented, but less like fan driven. Um, I mean, it's it's by Crunchyroll, right? So there's going to be like all Crunchyroll stuff and only Crunchyroll stuff. I saw a lot of the the guests and people that they're bringing in are related to the Rising of Shield Hero because that's on their streaming platform. So I, yeah, I don't know what kind of vibe there's going to be because we've been to E3. We've been to GDC, the Game Developers Conference. Um, we've been to like other things that have more of that expo feel to them. And yeah, they're just like a little more... Business oriented. I don't know, just like something about it feels less fan connected, but maybe this will be like a traditional anime convention.
1: Yeah, because I'm looking at their website, uh, the Crunchyroll Expo website right now, and it has all the things that you would expect from a typical uh, anime convention fans, which is a shopping district with vendors, an arts district, which I assume is like their artist alley, uh, theater district which is where they will host anime premieres and events and panels, I guess. And then uh, arcade, which I assume is kind of like the game room at a convention. Uh, So yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like business oriented. Otherwise, I don't think they would have been offering uh, badges like this to the public.
0: True. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what kind of vibe they have there and what they have to offer but either way it's going to be a really fun experience i'm going to go i'm going to approach it like an anime convention i'm probably going to bring at least one cosplay um and then kind of scope things out and see like if if enough people are cosplaying where i'd also want to cosplay i imagine they would but when it's your first time going you're never really sure
1: yeah and there there's a cosplay cup um competition
0: oh well there you go so it's like a masquerade of sorts
1: and it's Crunchyroll. like i think they would understand like if this were to be marketed as an anime convention you would expect people to come in their cosplays i was thinking though i would expect like they would want people in cosplay of show or from shows that are on Crunchyroll. so like komi our komi cosplay that we use that anime central i don't know if we could go in that (laughs)
0: I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't stop us from cosplaying as something that's not on their streaming platform. And I would hope for something like a masquerade or a cosplay competition that they would be fair and not, you know, limit or sway votes toward those that are... Crunchyroll affiliated, although. Although look at their awards have, show. I was gonna say we have our <laughs> suspicions about the Crunchyroll awards when fucking Jujutsu Kaisen won when it only had like half a season out. But anyway, um, I, I'm gonna go in with uh, with no expectations and see you know if we come out having had a lot of fun. I'm sure we will. We're not hosting a panel or anything like we did at Anime Central. We're really just attending Crunchyroll Expo as normies i guess as, weebs. <laughs> as cosplayers <laughs> as weebs um and just experiencing it for the first time but we plan to share some updates and some pictures and videos and whatnot on the discord to the best of our ability and yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time if anyone listening is attending the expo as well um let us know reach out on instagram or twitter or on the discord or send us an email we're always down to meet up and say hi
1: or even if you live in the San Jose area, if you have any recommendations for like restaurants or nice touristy spots, it'll be our first time in San Jose. Although you've you've been there before, I've been there
0: before, but work related. So I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't actually explored it. Um, so yeah, going for for leisure will allow me to have more time to like actually experience San Jose.
1: Yeah. So if anyone has any recommendations, please let us know. And as Courtney said, uh, let us know if you're attending, and we'd love to meet you in person.
0: All right. Let's talk about anime dads. Um, We do have a patron. those exist? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) We do have our patron, Jesse James, who submitted a question to us to answer on this episode and normally we'd answer it at the beginning but we're actually going to save this one for the end because it relates to our list of anime fathers so we don't want to kind of like prematurely reveal some of the the dads on our list so look forward to that at the end um, I don't know similar to our Mother's Day episode where we talked about the best and worst mothers in anime we knew we kind of wanted to do the same thing for Father's Day so if you missed that episode it's um, episode 86 is Strictly Anime where we talk about all those moms and similar to that episode i struggled a bit to find fathers in a lot of the shows that i've watched because of the absent parent trope but (laughs) i think when i dug deep enough i i put together a pretty solid and kind of long list uh but i'm sure that there's going to be a decent amount of crossover between our respective lists and we for for context we don't know what dads each of us has on our list so it'll be a it'll be a surprise
1: yeah, I had to think really long and hard. And that's what she said about <laughs> the fathers that uh, I've I've come across in anime, and I ended up getting a lot, but I didn't have many notes about them because I don't think like like some of them they do play prominent roles in their respective series, but I don't. I feel like they're not as prominent as they were with like the mothers that we discussed.
0: I completely agree. I, there are definitely some standout fathers on both of the these lists, the best and the worst, but I feel like as well, like they they didn't have as much, or many of them didn't have as much of an impact on their respective stories or, you know, an impact on the characters in, in, that they were interacting with in the same way that the mothers did. So I actually think my, my father's list is longer, but, full of fathers who are less impactful versus my mother's list, which was shorter, but had more impactful characters on Mm -hmm. it. And I also find it interesting that um, my father's list is kind of almost the reverse of my mother's list. I think I found more bad dads um, than I did good dads or maybe right about the same. Whereas I think I had more good moms than I did bad moms in the Mother's Day episode. So it's going to be interesting to talk through these.
1: Yeah, I think I have More names for both best and worst fathers than I did with the mothers um, Which is kind of surprising but again, it's more or what's it? It's Quantity right now over quality. Yeah, that's a good way (laughs) of
0: putting it. Mine's my list is very similar So let's run through them. We'll start with our best fathers in anime list Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: You know what, since it's Father's Day, and I am a dog dad, (laughs) maybe I can go first this
0: time. A dog father to our Corgi Rigby, (laughs) who is sleeping right next to me.
1: Wow, thanks, Rigby. (laughs) Um, But the first best father that I had on my list, and you could contest that he isn't a necessarily best father.
0: I have many of those actually that are like gray area kind of dads.
1: (laughs) But like for this one you can kind of see, you might see why I consider him a best dad. Uh, He's from My Hero Academia and it's Endeavor.
0: Okay, I had Endeavor on my honorable mentions list. I forgot to mention this. We do have an honorable mentions list for dads that we either don't know enough about or maybe don't really fit into one category or the other. So I actually put Endeavor on my honorable mentions because of pretty much his history of being a dad so tell me why you put him on your best dad's list
1: yeah, okay so maybe this is a a hot take because you like throughout the the first maybe two three seasons of my hero we know that endeavor has been vying for the number one spot uh or the number one hero spot in japan because he's always and living in all might's shadow, and so he, you know, like he he uses his his passion and his drive to get to that spot, and and kind of undermining others, and uh, kind of putting his family as second priority, and then even pressuring uh, Todoroki uh, in like his pursuit to 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 create or like to become and create like one of or like the most powerful heroes in society. Um,
0: He's like a stage mom, like a stage yeah. dad, almost like, trying to yeah. live by, like fulfill his own dreams through his child.
1: Right, and so like you have that marriage where he married—I I don't, I don't remember her name—but she had her quirk, which was ice-based, and so you had Todoroki, who has this hybrid, uh, unique hybrid power of fire and ice. But then that just endeavor puts so much pressure on him that it starts to unravel the family. And it's not until Endeavor finally gets the number one spot in a way, the number one hero spot in a way that he wasn't expecting, does he realize what's really important um, in his life and what it really means to be a number one hero. It's not just your strength and your power. It's it's your your own your own influence on society and your own virtues and characteristics. And so I think Endeavor is the best father because he has that really compelling character arc from what he used to be um, in the first three or so seasons to where he is now. I think we just wrapped up season five last year and season six is supposed to be on the horizon. I don't know. (laughs) I I always lose count of what season um, or like what happened in what season. I think
0: that's right. I think that season five was the last one, season six upcoming.
1: Yeah. And so whatever the most recent season was, um, you see Endeavor trying to make amends with his family. And like obviously Todoroki, who has had kind of the worst relationship with Endeavor out of his siblings, like even though he doesn't warm up to the idea at first, I think he still acknowledges what his father is trying to do. And so I think it's just that arc of of self-redemption and seeking forgiveness that makes me think that Endeavor is one of the best fathers in anime.
0: I, I still put him on honorable mentions because he really is in that gray area for me. He he A lot of what he did earlier on in the show was pretty much unforgivable, and I understand why his children have such a hard time forgiving him. But I really love and appreciate the journey that he's on, as you mentioned, to earn his family's forgiveness and repair everything that he's damaged. And actually, of all the fathers on this list, both best and worst, I think Endeavor has one of my favorite stories and he's one of the few fathers on my list that almost has his own entire story separate from his children or separate from Todoroki. A lot of these dads have stories that are supplemental to their children um, or kind of are like in service of or in support of their children's story. Here Endeavor, while his does play heavily into Todoroki's story, he has his own story in My Hero Academia and it's such a it's such like a, a gripping story because you, you want to root for the guy. I, I root for him so hard in this show, and I really enjoy watching him. Like, he's not my favorite or one of my favorite characters in My Hero, but he is one of my favorite characters to watch in the show.
1: Because he's a tsundere. That too. A, I mean yes, a he, is a, he
0: is a male tsundere, for sure. So that, that he's got that going for him. But beyond that, he, he just, I don't know, I, I've never rooted so hard for a character who sucks so bad in the beginning of his story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I enjoy watching Endeavor on this journey, and I'm excited to see what's ahead for him. But, again, I can't quite ignore his earlier phase as a shitty dad, which happened for many, many years. Um, So I I, I don't want to put him in worst, but I can't put him in best.
1: Yeah, I I can totally see, like, why it's hard to see uh, or put uh, Endeavor in this category. But, you know, I think... I'm always on the team of, you know, if you may have been a terrible person in the past, but if you can acknowledge that and then own up to it and learn how to move forward from it, uh, just that journey, I know like it, it's difficult and for someone to undertake it is, is a very powerful statement for them to make. So that's what I always see with Endeavor is like, even just looking at it from an outside perspective, um, seeing people kind of follow that same journey in life.
0: Well, next up on my list i'm actually going to just group these together and i'm going to get them out of the way here oh
1: uh, i wonder what it's is.
0: it's the dads of jojo's bizarre adventure <laughs> let's just talk about it right off the bat because you know they're going to come up in the in the best and worst list
1: i only have one actually uh, on the best list i
0: have a few to acknowledge definitely far less dads to acknowledge than there are moms in jojo but there are a few that we definitely need to uh talk about so going in chronological order we have george joestar the first he has some some questionable parts about him, mostly how oblivious he was with Dio and Dio's treatment of Jonathan and what Dio was all about. Um, but you can't ignore the fact that George Jostar I really tried to raise his son Jonathan as a true gentleman, which I think ultimately is what Jonathan became, and took Dio in even though Dario stole from him and, you know Well he didn't know that, did he? He did later on in the I think in um, when he visits him in the jail cell, doesn't someone tell him like the cop or something tells him, like, dude, this guy stole from you oh, and he idea. actually frees I think he frees him from the jail cell or something like that, and then takes Dio, um or he gives he gives Dario the letter, right? And then Dario dies and then says to Dio, like, Take this and go to the Joestar mansion and that's when um, Dio gets taken under George's Roof basically, Mm -hmm. and he raises Dio and treats him just as good as Jonathan, and gives him an opportunity. Of course, an opportunity that Dio squanders because he's a a brat. But I think that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good dad in my eyes.
1: See, I put George (laughs) in the worst category. Oh my god, just for the fact that I I I get it now. You're compelling me to kind of put him in that like honorable mention area or like that gray area of. Uh, anime fathers um because he he did he was noble in wanting to raise Dio as his own just knowing the conditions that Dario had uh like the conditions that Dario had set for Dio in not being like a conducive environment to raise his kid but then like, like with him focusing so much on Dio George equally diminishes his focus on Jonathan and kind of champions Dio more in his eyes rather than his actual son.
0: I guess, but it's also a lot of Dio, Dio's cunning nature, um, playing it off as though he's more refined than Jonathan and kind of putting Jonathan in a bad light yeah, by comparison. But he
1: also came from Dario Brandon, so <laughs> you can't overlook that fact. True, true. True. <laughs> Well, so yeah, but after hearing your argument, I think he he'll live in the gray area for me. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Um, this next one I hope isn't in the gray area because he's fucking amazing. That's Joseph Joestar. Yes, who he's I in think best father. Yeah, so of it. all the fathers in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, he is by far the best father questionable of course yeah. because we have josuke <laughs>
1: let's ignore that no I want, <laughs> it. Want, okay. I want to acknowledge
0: both holly and josuke so looking at joseph as a father to holly i mean he adores the shit out of his daughter mm-hmm. he can't stand the fact that you know her husband whisked her away to japan he he even takes it out on that poor japanese dude at the airport where yeah. he's like i'll never forgive the japanese <laughs> all, all because he doesn't want holly to be living halfway across the world but, you know, as soon as they reunite, he just showers her with love and affection. I mean, there is no doubt that Joseph is a loving, doting father to Holly. He he loves the shit out of her. He even said he's so heartbroken, too, when she asked him to call her um, Seiko. Is that the name?
1: Yeah, that's her actual name. Or, no, like, say- no, no, sorry. That's the name she wants to go by. Yeah, Be- but that's what her Japanese Japan. friends call her. Yeah.
0: And he's like, But Holly is the name that I gave you myself, which I think technically her name is Holy, but localized, we all call her Holly. And I just, I love seeing their interactions. And of course, they go to Egypt all to save Holly. And he's so just distraught when he finds out that she's, you know, kind of succumbing to her stand that's developing. But then we have Josuke. And yeah, okay, I get it. Joseph cheated on Susie Q. He had an illegitimate son. He was pretty much absent from Josuke's life for the most part. But I think he, in part four, he really wants to rectify that situation and make amends and be there for Josuke. Despite Jotaro adamantly telling him, don't go to Japan. You're fucking old. You're going to make things worse. He still shows up in Japan and tries his hardest to establish a relationship with Josuke, which I think by the end of the story, they pretty much have a decent mm-hmm. relationship established um, there's some things that need to be figured out between him and Josuke's mom but regardless that shows how much Joseph cares at least at that point about Josuke and wanting to make things right with him
1: yeah I would say in both situations with Holly and Josuke um, Dom Toretto would love Joseph because for him it's always family before everything right <laughs> and oh is
0: that the fast and furious yeah, dude? Right. yeah I, i've never seen any fast and furious movies well, we and i know people that. are like what the fuck i i know I, of course i know no, I, haven't either. I know the yeah i know the family meme i just yeah. never remember vin diesel's character's name
1: no yeah it's dom trump and i have i've never watched any of the fast and furious films either oh, okay well there you go but i just know like the, the stupid family memes but yeah that's that's all that's all that drives joseph too um and i think it's just so interesting that we see Joseph in part two, uh, his younger, in his younger age, um, as uh, the one man who was able to "quote unquote" defeat Cars in his final battle. Yeah, whether against... <laughs> you you agree
0: with that or not, <laughs> it's it's up for debate.
1: Right, and so you have this very brash, outspoken young Hamon user, and then he he grows up to raise a family with Susie Q. And he just becomes this... Like, he still has that very macho side of him. And you see that with his journey with the Starkus, Stardust Crusaders in Part 3. But you just see how much of a big soft he is with when it comes to Holly. Like a like a big bear, right? And I just love seeing him kind of in those two different personalities. Although I think they kind of make sense and they go well together. And, yeah, of course, like... Joseph got busy while he was out in Japan. He got busy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you can't, you you can't, um, you can't overlook, you know, <laughs> overlook that kind of, that kind of fault. But at least he still tries to rectify it and be a true family man to someone, um, even if he hasn't properly raised him.
0: Then we have Jotaro Kujo who I think is heavily debated in the JoJo community as whether or not he's a good dad. But I will stand firm that Jotaro is a you good stand dad. stand
1: proud. I will stand
0: proud that Jotaro is a good dad to Jolene. Maybe not on the surface, but when you look a bit deeper into the reasons behind his actions or inactions, you start to understand like, yeah, He's a cold today. That's just kind of his nature. Like he, he doesn't emotionally connect with people, but that doesn't mean he's not constantly thinking about others and their safety and whatnot. And that's the whole reason, especially as we learn through the first part of Stone Ocean, that he was kind of absent in her life. He was off fighting stand enemy stand users to keep his family safe because any JoJo fan knows stand users attract stand users. No matter what he would do, I'm sure, to try and keep his family safe and, and away from other stand users, those enemies would still somehow find them. So I think that Jotaro gets kind of a bad rap. And I think I, I know it's a meme. I know it's a joke. Like, ha he sucks. He cares more about Koichi than he does about Jolene, blah, blah, blah. But I think when you really think about it, you can't, you can't call him a bad dad. He's not a perfect dad, but he's not a bad dad.
1: Yeah, Jolene's only a rebel because he was when he was
0: younger. Yeah, <laughs> but, like like father, it f- like daughter. Yeah, he runs
1: in the family, and uh, yeah, like I, you know, Jotaro's my husband, so I can't say anything bad about him. <laughs> uh, I would say like his his fatherly love is more of that, like love from a distance. Of course, Jotaro's a sundere, he's not great at showing his emotions on his sleeve but you know that he still cares enough for his daughter like you said because he wants to protect her from as or as much as he can from the, the the fate of the Joestar family which is always embroiled in this battle between Dio and like this whole universe of stands um, so yeah I, I, he he would still be best father on my list all right. So enough of our Jojo dick sucking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jojo fans when they see an unsucked dick. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll
1: move on to another anime. Uh, this was one that we reviewed early on in our Strictly series of podcasts. Um, and this character is from Vinland Saga. And like I'd like to bring up Thor's as best father
0: thor's or tors i know we had the same debate when we yeah. actually reviewed vinland saga i th- i'm just gonna say thor's but okay i, I always say i
1: like to just go by i sometimes i like to go by what the dub says uh i don't like I, it's probably thor's because you know like thor the, the mighty the mighty god of thunder but uh yeah tors from vinland saga uh from what i remember tors had like he was a renowned like viking warrior very brutal and, and feared in in battle. but the the part I love about towards the most is that he gave up that life of violence for one of peace after just one glimpse at his newborn child. If you remember that scene in that episode? That was so,
0: powerful, especially when Thorfinn's mom was like, nah, come back here and name this kid.
1: Yeah. And so like you have, again, this very brutish character. Who, he starts to realize what is really important in life and it's not trying again like with Endeavor it's not being this macho man it's about raising a family and making sure that you're setting them up for success um, in their own lives and then I think if I remember like that didn't sit well with whoever was his viking boss at the time and so <laughs> they they sent a hit out on Tors and spoiler alert I think this is part of history too uh, like Tors eventually like he succumbs in a battle uh, against uh, Askeladd who's another key character in Vinland Saga And if I keep seeing I know I'm using if I remember correctly but if I remember correctly Tors was using a lot of defensive moves in that battle against Askeladd so he never had any like offensive melee combat against him because uh, he knew like violence wasn't the way and and that's also just really unique coming from a Viking culture and like his dying wish was for his son Torfin who becomes the protagonist in Vinland Saga 2 to find happiness in his life and that's something that also sticks in Askeladd's mind as he also becomes a sort of father figure to Torfin and making sure that Torfin is directed in a, a way that, it gets sets him up for success.
0: Yeah, I agree. Thors was on my list as well. And uh, kind of to echo that, despite his past, he adamantly teaches Thorfinn that fighting and violence are not the answer, not the, the go-to. And I think one of the most important lessons that Thors teaches Thorfinn when he's young is that he doesn't have enemies. Thorfinn has no enemies. Nobody has enemies. I mean... There's only like so much that actually sticks with Thorfinn as we see the rest of the, the show play out, but you can tell how much Thor's impacted Thorfinn's life when Thorfinn's entire motivation during season one is avenging his father being killed. Mm-hmm. And I do want to give a shout out to Askalad. I, I had him on here as well as kind of like a, a sub- person to uh, to Thor's in Vinland Saga because the guy didn't ask to raise Thorfinn but kind of did. No one told him he needed to and he had no real reason to well, it was... but he, he decided to kind of like indirectly help Thorfinn survive and learn to fend for himself and he would kind of reflect back on Thor's as like a person and a father figure and mm-hmm. I think he kind of felt some level of guilt for what he did.
1: Yeah I was going to say like I think a lot of that is just driven by how much respect that askeladd had for Thors uh in their climactic battle against each other and so i think from there he askeladd felt like he had a responsibility to torfin um again to to guide him in the right way even though like torfin ended up being sucked into this world of viking savagery i think like askeladd always kept in the back of his mind like the the way that tors ended up living his life to the very end and knowing that this wasn't a life for torfin um and eventually i think torfin comes to that realization um in the season one climax although with the announcement of season two i'm curious to see where torfin's story goes next
0: I have next on my list um, somebody that you are not familiar with, so you'll have to just bear with me here. Um, But that is Kazuma Soma from Fruits Basket, who is Kyo Soma's adoptive father. Um, I talked a decent amount about Fruits Fruits Basket mothers in the Mother's Day episode, so I do want to acknowledge the, the fathers here as well. And I would say Kazuma is a huge... Like, he's a pivotal person in Kyo's life because without him, Kyo would have probably gone off the deep end. He's Kyo's support system. He is, you know, not only a father figure, but really, truly his adoptive father and he's just there for him, no matter what he goes through, and he goes through some wild shit in that anime. So I do want to acknowledge uh, Kazuma because he's very important and one of the few parents in Fruits Basket that are uh, that is actually a, a good parent.
1: See, I feel like you mentioned uh, a mother from Fruits Basket in the Mother's Day episode, and like that. That name and that plot just went over my head, and so it's it's kind of the same thing here with who, are, who you just mentioned. <laughs> I'm only I'm only doing that because it's not because I don't care, but I think I'm going to eventually watch Fruits Basket. Oh well, future. shit!
0: Now I'm spoiling it no, for you. <laughs> but like I said, I
1: don't remember, um, or like that name will already fly over my head, so it'll probably come back at some point when I do watch Fruits Basket. But I, I guess it it is nice to know that there are redeemable fathers in that show
0: not every parent is absolutely horrible in fruits basket (laughs) most of them are but not every single one and Kazuma is definitely one of the best um he's just a fantastic character one that when you're going through all the drama of fruits basket anytime he's on screen I'm like okay sigh of relief because you know it's probably gonna be a good scene not always but you know it's probably gonna be like a nice heartfelt or like comforting scene so yeah he's he's a great character
1: Next on my list, I actually have, I just have three best fathers left. Uh, What the hell? I have
0: (laughs) so many. Okay, well, let's do this then. If you only have three, let's do, um, I'll do two for every one that you have, and then I'll just finish off my list.
1: Yeah, that works. And maybe this is another one that is on both of our lists. Uh, This character is from Death Note, and I put Soichiro Yagami.
0: I have him as well.
1: Okay. I thought you were gonna say I have him as worst. No. It's like how could you have him? like Never. the worst thing about him is that he fathered light yagami. I was gonna say literally his <laughs> only
0: fault in life was bringing light into this world, which is a funny phrase when you yeah, think about it, but it's like a pun
1: or something. It's like a pun or something. Uh but yeah. Was he a lieutenant or chief? Or know. he was like I a, don't know, some detective. I'm gonna or call some him shit. Chief Yagami, because I'm pretty sure they called him Chief. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um he was like the one true champion of justice and a shining beacon in this dark bleak world of death note uh kind of like here's my dark knights re- or dark knight reference again it's um he's kind of like the commissioner james gordon of of death note his name
0: is james i just jim always Go- hear commissioner gordon yeah
1: jim gordon
0: <laughs> oh right okay i was like james <laughs> okay.
1: commissioner jim gordon to be a little bit more informal and yeah he he has a strong duty to his police force and to the public for catching kira who's been terrorizing the citizens of japan with his random uh with his random murders and i guess to kind of justify because they're all
0: the seemingly random but yeah. to light there's a there's a method to the madness yeah it's
1: all mostly just criminals and yeah the saddest thing is that chief yagami doesn't realize that it's his own son who is the one that's committing these these killings as kira and i think yeah the fact that he's just oblivious to this is is um is a slight downfall for him but i think even light recognizes how much of a of a of a a terrible revelation this would be to his father if he were to find out that it was his own son that was committing these heinous deeds and the show kind of deals with this secrecy in a very unique way that i don't want to get into too many details because i think that makes up a very interesting part of the story of death note uh but I will say, in a way, like the work that Chief Yagami puts in, in a way, does not go to waste.
0: Yeah, this poor fucking guy. Talk about a straight laced guy who is so devoted to his children. Like he he risked everything to prove Light's innocence. Um, all for naught, but you know he he did it anyway. And, and for him to rescue his daughter, um, I think he didn't he like give away the Death Note to do that.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that was a pretty big play, but that's how important it was to rescue his his own child. Like the man went through hell for the sake of justice. And again, the only downside to him is that he helped birth a demon. Light. <laughs> a demon, yeah. <laughs>
1: Basically. And then you have a Shinigami to
0: Then you have an actual demon in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have and I don't have his name written down. I think I forgot to write it. It's the dad from My Neighbor Totoro. Does he have a name? Did he have a name? I don't know. Let's look it up really quick. Mr. (laughs) Totoro. Mr. Dad.
1: (laughs) Mr. Neighbor Totoro. Well,
0: while you're looking that up, I put him on this list because I think that he is a very loving father, and he's pretty much holding down the fort while his wife is sick in the hospital. And he shows so much love toward his daughters and is always trying to keep their spirits up even while they're worried about their their mom. He kind of lets them do their thing in the movie. Um they're they're very hyper children, but you know, he he's patient with them and he goes on bike <laughs> r- bike rides with them and I don't know, he's just like a really nice dad. I think he's he's very caring.
1: Yeah, I think any other father in that position would probably pull their hair out. And uh, yeah, it's it's sad because he is in a very very undesirable predicament with his wife in the hospital and you have these two girls that are just super crazy that he needs to take care of super crazy <laughs> but like you say he holds on the fort um, and he always has a he's always has a smile on his face I don't think I've ever in the movie I never seen him like raise his voice towards the kids or or just snap at any point um I found out his name. It's Tatsuo. What's oh right.
0: I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't remember that. Yeah,
1: and his wife's name is uh Yasuko. So yeah, good guy Tatsuo.
0: Good guy dad from my neighbor Totoro. <laughs> I next have I next have next I have Yoshida from Higehiro, who I talked a lot about last year because he's by far one of the best male characters in anime. Everything that he does for Sayu makes him not only a great character, but really a great father figure to her. Um, he takes in this runaway high school girl who is going through a lot of shit in her life. She's gone through a lot of trauma. And instead of kicking her out or alerting her parents or you know dropping her off at the police station, he gives her an opportunity to recover and get her life back together on her own time. And supports her through things, through things like getting her a cell phone, getting her a, helping her get a a part-time job, things like that. Like, he just does all these things for a complete stranger who is in need. Like, he, he. He didn't need to do any of these things he's not all that much older than her so i think he's in his 20s or something like that like he's not like an older dude so he's also trying to establish himself in his own life but he risks everything to protect her i think one of the big plot points is that he's not her legal guardian and because she's underage he could technically be arrested for harboring a minor but he doesn't care. He's willing to make that or to risk that in order to give her a safe place to recover from everything that she's gone through and figure out what her next steps are in her life. So fucking love Yoshida. He's still one of the best characters out there. And yeah, he's on this list for a reason.
1: Yeah, I've always heard, I heard all that buzz about Yoshida um, just being, I don't know if you would call him like best boy or give him another title like, i don't think he's a husband though but... best father figure <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that's it's just making me consider watching the show too just because of how highly you've spoke about and of yoshida and what i've heard from the community
0: i recommend it i mean the anime is not like crazy amazing it's a solid show with a very heartwarming and, and kind of gripping story but yoshida he, he steals the show. I mean, he's fantastic, and I loved watching his journey and his relationship with Sayu kind of develop and then become closer and him become somebody that she can trust when she can't trust anybody else.
1: Well, you know what else is a heartwarming show? Komi can't communicate, <laughs> and that is where I'm getting the next best father on my list. This is kind of a stretch because we barely see him, but that is Komi Masayoshi, who is Comey's father. I was
0: like, does he even have a name in the show? (laughs) (laughs) I don't
1: think it's ever mentioned by name in the show. But yeah, he's just best father because he helped raise one of the best waifus out there. (laughs) (laughs) And I will stick with that until I am in the grave. (laughs) Uh, But I guess in another way, like we realize that he is kind of... It's almost like he genetically or maybe just um, culturally pass down like the, that communication issue to Comey because he himself um, is, is a very silent person and not very good at being open to others, which makes you wonder, I don't know if that was explored in the show yet, like how he ended up with uh, Comey's mother because she is just like a social butterfly, but I guess opposites attract, right? I just like that, you know, even though... He is a sort of recluse that he still, there was that one episode where he made an effort to establish a relationship with his daughter. And it seemed awkward at first because they weren't really, like, they didn't know how to approach each other or even how to start talking. (laughs) But, like, you find out, like, they can still have a blossoming relationship in their own right.
0: Yeah, I think the very little we know about him, he still seems like a, a great dad, and I really enjoyed that same episode where he and uh, Comey went out to a restaurant, and just seeing them interact but not interact uh, or interacting in the way that they interact best was very heartwarming.
1: Yeah, it's just a lot of grunts and, <laughs> and A lot of gasps. squeaks and yeah. breath noises. But you know what? <laughs> they still had a grand old time.
0: Next, I have Shin Karino.
1: Wow. That was my last. Okay. I was wondering if you have him on your (laughs) list,
0: too. Yeah. This is the neighbor from Kotaro Lives Alone. Best neighbor ever. Best father figure among the great father figures that we're, we're talking about. He is. Fucking amazing because like a lot of the other father figures that we're mentioning he didn't have to take care of Kotaro nobody asked him to Kotaro didn't even ask him to but he took on that responsibility because there was nobody else and I think it's even more than the fact that there wasn't anybody else I think it's because he genuinely cares about Kotaro and is concerned about him and wants to give him the best opportunity and the best environment to grow up in given the situation he's in and the situation he came from.
1: Yeah, I know we've briefly talked about Kotaro Lives Alone on our podcast before and I, 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 I do have things to say about uh, Shin uh, but I feel like I, I want to kind of hold back because I think Kotaro Lives Alone is one of those anime that you should just experience kind of just blindly going into it. Because it it is one that it's still the anime that I think about the most this year, uh, and I know that we have our friends at Otaku Host Club and Anime Brothers have put up great reviews of those that you can listen to. But when it comes to Shin, yeah, he's a he's one of the more unexpected father figures on this list because if you watch the show, like he he is like a, a straight up recluse.
0: yeah he's a a hikikomori
1: yeah and so he's the last person you would expect to to even show any sort of virtues of fatherhood until kotaro comes along and he starts to realize that you know like it's like safety the safety of kotaro is important and also just making sure that he is on the right path and that sort of opens up shin's own eyes as to what he wants to achieve in life so it's kind of like as much as he is a mentor figure to kotaro kotaro also gives him something back in turn
0: yeah if you haven't watched kotaro lives alone fucking watch it it's so good you will not regret it
1: yeah and there's one scene with shin that i really love and it's when he and kotaro visit a specific place that holds a lot of emotional significance. Oh, my God, the feels. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further than that, but I think I'm getting chills just thinking back to that scene. I think that was one of Shin's shining moments as a father figure to Kotaro.
0: Well, going from one really emotional anime to another, similar to the Mother's Day episode, I'm not going to say much of anything because this is a very um, important anime for people to watch. But it's Akio Furukawa and, to a certain degree, Tomoya Okazaki from Clannad.
1: Oh, this is that that <laughs> rom-com that the Drew rom-com. was talking about <laughs> last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I'm not gonna say anything because I just I think you especially just need to experience this anime. And yeah, if you know, you know. So I'll, I'll jump to my next one. Uh, I put Gintoki Sakata from Gintama, which is odd. You're giving me a really, r- really main, weird look. The main character. Yeah, Gintoki.
1: What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, you're giving me a strange <laughs> look, but
0: hear me out. Hear me out. So he's not actually a father, We, we at least to our knowledge, um, but he's kind of like a blend of a big brother and father figure to Kagura, as well as kind of like a little bit to Shinpachi, probably more a, a big brother to Shinpachi. But... I think the relationship between Gintoki and Kagura is very much father-daughter-like in a lot of aspects. Similarly, he didn't ask to, he wasn't asked to raise Kagura. He wasn't asked to kind of bring her into his home. But he did, and as he learns more about her, he becomes more and more... Protective and supportive of her in his own way. He never really directly says or does anything, but kind of indirectly supports her. And I always think back to the episode where Kagura gets a boyfriend. And that episode in particular, he's definitely acting like a father. Or anytime Kagura's real dad shows up, which he's not like a bad dad necessarily, but he's more of an absent father. I feel like that's when Gintoki steps up and starts to become more of the obvious father figure because he almost... I don't know, like maybe he's almost jealous or kind of territorial over Kagura because of the relationship that they've established. So yeah, I think Gintoki does play that father role for Kagura at pretty important points in the story.
1: Okay, I figured it was the whole the Kagura thing. Um, I You've mentioned that in passing to me a couple times, but <laughs> I was thinking if gintoki fathered an Ill- illegitimate child i mean there's kind of an
0: episode like that but not really oh. <laughs> i mean there's a lot of episodes of, of gintama I, I think the relationship between gintoki and kagura has to be one of my favorite relationships in all of anime just because of their hilarious but very like emotional dynamic so yeah i really enjoy that and i had to put it on this list are you caught up on your list now that we talked about kotaro lives alone
1: yeah, Shin was the last best father I had. And I have two honorable mentions, one of which I think we'll share. So yeah, it's the the floor is all yours. Oh boy. Okay, Swing I've got a couple away. more
0: here. Um so we talked about I had uh Death Note, we talked about that already. Um so I guess the next one is Jukai from Dororo. He takes in Hyakimaru and cares for him. Like the, the guy comes from a very questionable past. He's just trying to live a quiet life um, and kind of uh, redeem himself to a certain degree based on the things that he did um, in his early days. And he comes across Hyak- Hyakimaru. He takes him under his roof. He literally builds his body. He makes him prosthetic limbs. He feeds him and cares for him and shows him love, even though he can't even communicate with Hyakimaru because he is, I believe he's deaf and mute, in the earlier part of the story so I I think that 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 their relationship there is really powerful because like some of these other relationships um and and Jukai kind of give something to each other Hyakkimaru gives Jukai purpose and then Jukai gives Hyakkimaru the care of a parent that he does not have I almost kind of wanted to put Jukai on the Mother's Day list because if you watch the anime, you know that Hyakumaru calls him Mama at one point because he doesn't understand the concept of a parent. So I I wanted to put him on that list, but I figured it'd be better to put him on the Father's list.
1: This is uh, like the up or the like revived anime adaptation that you watched though Dororo?
0: Yeah, I think the original one was a very early anime. Um, I can't it, remember what decade it, was like it came the, out.
1: The sixties.
0: Yeah, that sounds, it was like black and white, very uh, very old school, old school anime.
1: And then MAPPA came in and just wiped the floor with its spectacles. I mean, not really. <laughs> the animation spectacle. was kind oh, was of terrible. shitty. <laughs> Honestly, oh, <no. laughs>
0: I, I enjoyed the story, but I have to say as like an early MAPPA anime, because when did, when did the MAPPA version come out? It
1: says here that it came out in 2019. No way. What? Yeah, January to June 2019.
0: Oh, you're right. Man, for not that long ago, the animation was honestly pretty poo-poo for a lot of the show. Not every episode, but for a MAPPA anime, it was probably their low-budget anime of that season, which was
1: winter 2019. It was. It's Osamu Tezuka, right?
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic story. It's just the execution from MAPPA was like just okay like the story itself carried things the adaptation i think could have been much better especially for a very like iconic i I think i think this story is pretty iconic um an iconic story in anime and manga but with that said, you should still watch it. Um, next up, I have Joichiro Yukihira from Food Wars. So I recently finished season one of Food Wars. Wanted to mention this guy because the main character, Soma, which is his son, very much looks up to, um, to his dad and aspires to be just like him, which is a world-renowned chef. He taught his son how to be a skilled and amazing chef um, without putting him in in tough positions like it was just kind of a daily thing because the two of them ran their family restaurant but then when his son is ready he sends him to school so that he could learn how to become a full-fledged chef and kind of grow on his own rather than relying on his father so he kind of cuts those apron strings at a certain point and sends him to a high school all about you know food a culinary high school if you will
1: why doesn't he cut that one strand of hair across his face i know
0: it fucking annoys the <laughs> shit out of me he's always got this like this like long hair and that one piece that's like right in between his eyes i have long hair dude that would annoy the shit out of me so when i see these characters with these strange flyaways i'm like man i could never deal with that in real life
1: just makes it look like his face was cut in half but
0: I think it's supposed (laughs) to make him look exotic and wild. (laughs) Looks
1: probably don't matter if if you're still a great father.
0: Well, speaking of looks, this person has looks that kind of change throughout the show. And it's All Might from My Hero Academia. Mm. But I didn't put any notes because I put him on my list and then I kind of stopped. And I was like, Well, I don't know if I even want to consider him a father because he's more like a mentor, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't really consider him like a father figure to Midoriya. Because Cause,
0: like, Midoriya's dad technically is still around. We just don't know anything about the dude, right? And I don't uh, yeah. think there's any hard feelings with his dad and his mom and him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know where Midoriya's dad is in this story. But yeah, I don't think All Might took up the mantle of like father to Midoriya. It's just he is more he sees more of Midoriya as his proper successor so yeah like you said kind of like that to use a Star Wars reference the master and Padawan kind of relationship rather than father and son
0: yeah so I think that's probably why I stopped when I put All Might on the list and didn't actually write anything although there is a big part of the My Hero Phantom that does consider All Might to be a father figure to Midoriya so I guess he can be on this list but I'll move on to the next one which is the last one on my list I'm scrolling here yeah last one on my best father's list and that's Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z which I know (laughs) is also kind of in a gray space because he's kind of an ass to Trunks but I feel like you know being a tsundere he's a father who gravitates towards tough love and sure sometimes he isn't there for his family but I think he's more reliable than Goku and Trunks ended up being a good person so he must have raised him right and you know he gets kind of Pissed and enraged when he sees Trunks get hurt, so I think there's some pretty redeeming qualities about Vegeta as a dad. So whether or not you consider him a one of the best dads or not, I think he he's in that gray space, kind of towards the best dad zone.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure this is a shock to a lot of people. I haven't watched Dragon Ball. I think I watched a couple episodes of the Cell Saga when I was younger, but you know, I I know about where Goku would be placed um, in this, between these best and worst fathers. So I feel like there has to be at least one father who will take up the other list.
0: (laughs) Some people would say Krillin. Um, I did put Piccolo here as like a sub-dad of DBZ because he's kind of like best uncle or father figure to Gohan because Goku sucks as a dad, which we'll be talking there about we it go. a little bit. <laughs> um see, so yeah, I wanted to acknowledge Piccolo as well because he he does have he does play an important role in Gohan Gohan's life <laughs> um, when he's uh, a kid. So, there you have it. That's the last of the best dads on my list. So, moving on to worst dads in here anime. We go. Uh, for me, an equally long list, but we are gonna do this. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun because I have some maybe hot takes here. We're
1: gonna roast the shit out of these. We're dads. gonna, ro- yeah, we're gonna <laughs> roast the shit out of them.
0: That's for sure. Let's start, and I, I know you should probably go first, but I'm just gonna jump in and say let's talk about the JoJo dads. Let's do that right off the okay. bat. Um, I'm gonna go in chronological order again. And I'm gonna start with Dario Brando.
1: Yeah, he was the only worst dad from Jojo, besides when I put George originally, George Josar the first. Yeah Dario birthed the shittiest son in the entire JoJo universe.
0: And I know people say that the JoJo lore, the whole story started with Jonathan and Dio. But actually, if you think about it, we're here because Dario raised Dio into the monster and villain we know today. So literally, the reason the JoJo lore exists is because of Dario Brando. He was a scumbag. He didn't care about his wife. He just used Dio as basically like his servant um he wasn't nice to him at all he threw things at him he was a drunkard a thief
1: he's ugly as fuck he's
0: ugly as (laughs) fuck so yeah dario sucks ass
1: and he was technically the one who started this all when he tried to rob the the carriage in its accident that's true (laughs) yeah dario brando weren't here i mean you, you wouldn't get the epic adventure of all these jojo protagonists yeah, you also wouldn't get this conflict in the first place.
0: That's a good point. So I don't know if we should hate him or thank him. <laughs> no, Thank I think him for setting this whole story in motion.
1: Overwhelmingly, we should be against him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the next in chronological order is Dio himself, because in... <laughs> I forgot he was a <laughs> Yeah, in part, he birthed Giorno. So, I mean, Giorno's great, but Dio sucks, so... Dio, um, I don't, I mean, that that's a whole thing, right? In, in the JoJo community, it's like, is Jonathan Jorno's dad? Is Dio Jorno's dad? Is it kind of like both of them technically? Where does it, for, for this list, we're going to say, you know, the Dio side of things. I, I Did he even know Jorno existed? I don't know.
1: No, because, you know, Dio got busy in Egypt or across the world or whatever. He probably has a lot of illegitimate children, but Jorno's at the forefront.
0: And even if he does know of Jorno's existence, he probably doesn't give a shit, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, Dio's self-centered. It's just about him and stopping time with the world. Zawardo, though.
0: And then we have Diavolo from part five.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot he was a... He fucking
0: sucks because, I mean, he's a psychotic villain, but also he tricked Trish into thinking that he wanted to reunite with her. He tricked the Mm -hmm. whole Bucci gang into thinking they were trying to reunite him with his daughter and his whole plan was to fucking murder her as soon as he got close to her
1: yeah he was basically Dio junior in his pursuit of power but he gets what's coming to him at the end of part five and it's 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 really fucked up but it's also just very satisfying all right, so we got our second round of JoJo dick sucking out of the way, <laughs> but well, let's move on to another worst father in anime. And <laughs> I know we talked about this character uh, in a, a Patreon episode that we actually had with JD and Earthworm from Anime Brothers, and that was from our Hunter Hunter discussion. And I'm talking about Jing.
0: Jing freaks, oh boy, he's on my list too. But with the caveat that like he's not the worst dad, but he is very questionable. So that's why I felt like he maybe teetered more towards the worst dad list than my honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, and we had a pretty engaging discussion uh, or like JD and Earthworm kind of explained why Jing, at least in the manga, isn't as terrible of a dad as they make him out to be in the anime. But, you know, to just talk from the anime context, this guy just went out to grab hunter milk and never returned. (laughs) 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 And obviously he sends his only son on a wild goose chase, risking his life multiple times. And obviously, like, gone, he became a better hunter and a he, he became a hunter and then became a better hunter and then became a nen user out of that so you could say it was all all a positive thing that you know jing was absent in his life and sent him on this journey to go find him but wh- why would you do that to like a, your 10 year old son in the first place yeah he made it
0: really fucking hard to be found in the first place like i think I agree. I think it's like Jing's way of seeing if his son is worthy and kind of putting him in the shoes of a true hunter early on. And he has confidence in his son. He always says, like, I know he'll be okay. He's my son, after all. But I think what's interesting here is that Jing is also a super fucking awkward dad because he never spent time being a dad in the first place. Like, if Mm -hmm. you're an absent parent, of course you don't know how to be a parent at the end of the day. So he's he's super awkward he doesn't know how to handle even like basic interactions with his son but you know he's 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 fine i guess like it's it's hard yeah. for me because i don't think he's like the worst dad ever i really don't i just think that he doesn't know how to be a dad so he then, doesn't know what good decisions are
1: then why be a dad in the first place
0: i don't know we didn't get that step out <laughs> yeah. of the story maybe it's there's like, reason there. why
1: bring gone into this world although I would Did, be would you so sad Gon- if Gon wasn't no, yeah. here. I love Gon. Gon is, is, has proved himself very capable in the world of Hunter x Hunter. But yeah, it just it's a question you have to ask about Jing. Hey, <laughs>
0: I, I thank Jing for bringing Gon into this world. He's become one of my favorite characters in all of anime. He's just, I fucking love Gon. He's so cute.
1: <laughs> and I just love, there's that meme. I, I think it's of like Jing looking at a baby Gon and it says, you'll be Gon And I'll be gone. (laughs) So funny.
0: So going back to Fruits Basket, um, we talked about Kyo's adoptive father, Kazuma. And now it's time to talk about Kyo's biological father, whose name I don't even know. Do they even give him a name? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I want to acknowledge Kyo's biological father. And really a lot of the dads in the Soma family, like a lot of the moms in the Soma family, um, are terrible. But Kyo's dad in particular is a guy who is super bitter he is like psychotic at certain points and really unrealistic about his expectations and perceptions of kyo and his mom and their relationship he sees kyo as a monster as a literal monster and even says he needs to be locked up and blames everything on Kyo, including his mom's death. And it's just, like, terrible how he treats his son. And even after, you know, being separated for a long time, Kyo tries to, you know, extend the olive branch and and make peace with his dad, but his dad is just refusing to do so because he's so hellbent on taking down his own son. So the guy is just, he's insane. Like a lot, again, like a lot of the parents in Fruits Basket... This guy is fucking shitty.
1: Yeah, oh, damn, what is wrong with that family? <laughs> so go watch Fruits Basket
0: and be ready for an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and if
1: you want a outrageous circus instead of an emotional roller coaster, you should watch Marmalade Boy because my next worst father or next set of worst fathers is the fathers in Marmalade Boy. <laughs> so this kind of goes hand in hand with um in our Mother's Day episode, I said, like, the mothers of Marmalade Boy were the worst mothers, or one of the worst mothers in anime. So I obviously had to call them out here. Uh, again, the premise of the, the series is that the fathers and mothers marry each other's spouses. So they switch spouses.
0: Sounds like a dumpster fire. <laughs> yes.
1: And it it's not like a huge, the show is not a huge dumpster fire, but obviously it creates this very outrageous situation for the two love interests. And you know, like I have to question like when they made this decision, did they not think of like the repercussions it would have on their children?
0: Hell no, <laughs> <laughs> clearly not <laughs> no,
1: they, they just you know, like if true love, you can't stand in the way of it, but also just think about it. <laughs> think about everyone else you're affecting too. And you know, like they're so happy with their, their newly married lives and, and they just leave the kids to, to do their own thing. And so they are pretty much absent for most of the scenarios that these the, the love interest, Miki and you, are put in without their guidance. So just the fact that they're they, they kind of set up this situation and then they kind of dip from the rest of the plot, that's why they deserve to be on the worst list.
0: I have one that's kind of... I don't know, like interesting because I don't think maybe a lot of people initially think of this dad when they think like worst dads in anime, but I do want to call out Nalta's dad, Kamon Nandaba from Furikuri. The dad from Furikuri oh, the, from FLCL.
1: Yeah, the dad who kept like beating every or like beating him up or beating everybody up.
0: He didn't beat anyone up. He used like he like had the hot for Haruko. Oh wait, okay, yeah and it was I'm weird because i think else. she's like significantly younger than him or perceived to be significantly younger than him and he's just extremely immature and says the most inappropriate shit all the time in front of and to his son and he just like talks about just i don't know like inappropriate shit openly and about footy cooty which kind of he uses oh, as yeah, like he a sexual the term. yeah as like a sexual innuendo to a certain degree um i don't know like I I he was funny to watch but as a dad he annoyed the fuck out of me and even Naoto was like dad shut the fuck up you're so embarrassing.
1: Yeah, I think he just made me uncomfortable especially with what what's what was her name? Haru? Haru
0: ha, Haru Haru hara, Haruko. Haruko. Haru Haru wait 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 what? <laughs> hang, on, hang on hang on. I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Haru how do, how do you Haru Hara Haruko, yes, I was right. Haru Hara Haruko.
1: Okay, I'm just gonna shorten it to Haru. But <laughs> yeah, just just their kind of dynamic, obviously like that that made me uncomfortable. And yeah, just he was also just drawn very strangely. He was. Is, <laughs> that's part of Furikuri, I guess. So next I have a character from a big name anime, one that is going to hopefully wrap up by next year. And I'm talking about Attack on Titan and the worst father from that anime, Grisha Jaeger.
0: Yeah, I had him on my list too. (laughs) I actually, okay, I put him on honorable mentions, but I think based on what we're probably about to say, I'll probably move him to worst ads.
1: Yeah. Like you can't, how how do I want to phrase this?
0: We have to be very careful. This is going to be the one where we are more careful about spoilers. Yeah. Like,
1: (laughs) I don't know how... I'm going to approach this. With the conflict in the show, <laughs> I don't think it would be right for you to resolve this conflict by leading others into the slaughter.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> the inconsistency in his parenting style Yes, um, plays a big part of the conflict and how the The events of the Attack on Titan lore play out. In mm-hmm. fact, you could argue that some of the issues in Attack on Titan could have been avoided had he been more consistent in how he was a father. It
1: sounds like we're <laughs> we're like communicating code to someone out there. It, this <laughs> is like
0: the biggest "if you know, you know" type right. of situation.
1: I guess. I'll say like Grisha Yeager, when it came to being a father, it's not that he didn't take matters into his own hands. He just went about it the wrong way. He He wasn't nurturing. He was just more like, kind of manipulating.
0: Yes. And whether he was a good father or a bad father, I think at the end of the day, he had his own desires um and his own goals always at the forefront versus like what was most important as a father and and for his family
1: i feel like the tldr for all this would just be he is a bad dad
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll move him from honorable mentions to bad dad i think i think the bad far outweighs the good all right, can I can I do 2 in a row because the next one I really can't talk about because you're literally about to start watching this anime. Sure. Okay. Um so the next one is Bondred from Made in Abyss. If you know, you know. I really don't want to spoil this anime for you. I know you're going to be editing this so like even if you don't listen now, you're going to have to listen when you edit. But all I'm going to say is damn what he did to Pushka was like fucking awful. I mean, what he did to like a lot of people was fucking awful. And I know some people think he's like morally not that bad, but he's, he's really bad. Let's he's bad. Okay. I don't know. He's a bad dad. So that's all I'm going to say. You're looking at me like, holy shit. Just wait till you watch Made in Abyss.
1: (laughs) No, it's just like, because this sounds as ambiguous as our explanation of Grisha Yeager.
0: (laughs) I'm trying here, okay? I know we said there were (laughs) going to be spoilers, but there are some things where I can't quite spoil it or we can't quite spoil it, just given the show and the context. So then I'll I'll move to another one, which is Tyga's dad from Toradora. I think he's got a name. I can't remember what it is because he's such a minor character, but he he leaves his family for a younger hot wife. Um, And then when that wife gets pregnant, he kicks Tyga out because they're going to have a new baby and there's no room for her supposedly. And he has this history of crawling back to Tyga begging for forgiveness only to abandon her again when she finally lets down her walls. And he constantly tries to control her with money. I mean, granted he's the one funding her lifestyle, but it is a lonely lifestyle where she basically has to just, be alone because of his decisions um and how he impacts the family so yeah her dad is a piece of shit
1: wow i wouldn't have expected that from taiga
0: from taiga from toradora man for, this or is like, like from her family this is like a very it, it's a rom-com but it's also like super dramatic it's like a romance comedy drama so that's that, i guess that's part of where the drama comes in you should watch it it's great
1: yeah eventually Uh, (laughs) Uh, Next on my list uh, I have a character from Code Geass I don't know if this is kind of ambiguous though But I considered Charles Z Britannia The Britannian Or the emperor of the Holy Britannian Empire As the worst father
0: I had him on my list too Because the dude is an ass And most of his children are asses too (laughs) He birthed a lot of assholes (laughs) From his asshole. <laughs> from his asshole. Because uh, I
1: don't, I, I get like Kogias was kind of a blur to me, but I don't remember if at some point he had like a redeeming quality to him. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Then I all. am gaslighting myself. <laughs> but yeah, this guy, obviously, he 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 was like kind of the emperor of the world and trying to take over everything and and his pursuit of conquests, waging the bloody conflict after another, obviously he has or like lelouch has mad beef with him because of uh, some unfortunate events in his childhood and yeah i guess like with him being emperor charles wanted to kind of establish this surveillance state over the world um kind of championing it championing it as a way to establish world peace but that's kind of just you're keeping everyone in check and so like they have to kind of glance over their shoulder, and not, and make sure like they're not saying anything terrible. So yeah, what a terrible fucking emperor father.
0: Yeah, like Lucian Nunnally's mom too. Like he betrays them, steamrolls over them, uses them for his own gain. I mean, he just fucking sucks. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He has no compassion whatsoever. And yeah, he's he's a he's a bad dad. <laughs>
1: Bad dad.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, I've already alluded to this bad dad, so I'll go ahead and and mention him. It's Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Mm. I mean, he's about as absent of a father as you can get while still technically being present in the story. He disregards what Gohan wants. He constantly puts him in danger at a young age. He neglects basic things like Gohan's education because he thinks training is more important. Um, he also dies a lot, leaving Chi-Chi to raise Gohan, um, and she obviously gets more and more annoyed with him as, as he dies. As he dies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Goku, I don't doubt that Goku loves his family, that he loves his um, his son, but he's not a great father. And again, I, I know I mentioned Vegeta as kind of like a, a questionable best dad, but I still think Vegeta is a better dad than goku is when you think about it holistically
1: let's see i have four more people on my list
0: i have five so i think we're good
1: okay um let's see the next one that i would like to mention is from demon slayer and that is Shinjuro rengoku rengoku's father oh
0: i was like who okay i i was thinking about demon slayer when i was putting my list together i'm like there are no notable dads but you're right i forgot about (laughs) rengoku's dad
1: yeah the only other dad i can think of is tanjiro's dad but i can't say much you don't know enough
0: about him yeah
1: just that he was a very like he had that kind of terminal illness, but he did that whole dance. He did that
0: fucking fire dance. Hinokami
1: which... Kagura. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when it comes to Rengoku's dad, he's he was like a disgraced demon slayer. I think he became disillusioned at one point. I don't remember from from what we saw of him in the season two premiere. But you could like it was ob- more obvious that he was incredibly hard on his his two sons even though like his son became the flame Hashira. Uh, and so he, like he obviously he regrets after Tanjiro tells, tells uh, Rengoku's dad what his last words were, um, he, th- he's distraught, but he doesn't really do anything about it.
0: I hope he will, but yeah, he's just a drunkard who's a big asshole.
1: <laughs> a lot of big assholes in
0: anime.
1: <laughs> big asshole fathers in anime.
0: <laughs> big assholes. Uh, well, the next asshole on my list <laughs> is King Boss, who probably has uh, literally yeah. the biggest asshole of all of them because the guy is technically a giant. Yeah, he was so, on my
1: worst father's list too.
0: Yeah, he's so from ranking of kings, he is confusing to say the least because I'm not sure... What I'm supposed to feel about him by the end of the story? Uh, sometimes you feel like he's a great father to Boji and to Dida, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you're like, "Wow, you fucking suck! You're not a good dad at all." And then like sometimes he's a good sort of like father figure to uh, what the fuck is her name? Miranjo. Miranjo. But then, like, sometimes you can't tell if he's really on her side. So he's incredibly ambiguous. But I just ended up putting him on the worst father's list. Because I feel like after learning what we learned about him and taking in all taking all aspects of him into account, he's he kind of sucks. I mean, what he did to Dida. And then, yeah. like, what he was going to do to healing. And, like, also, I don't know, like, maybe he cared most for Boji. But, like, really, he... What would happen at the end with Bulgy. I'm just like I don't know, man. You, mm-hmm. you kind of suck.
1: Yeah, all things considered, like I think the way, because like Boss at the start of the show, he is like the number one ranked king, and I think that's kind of like Endeavor. That's what's driving him, like that that pursuit of of being number one and and being the most powerful king out there, and so it's just. Everything he does, I think, in the show is just driven on self-interest, and that's to the detriment of the characters around him. And I will say that he kind of gives new meaning to the term like father, like son.
0: Wait, what? How? What?
1: (laughs) Think about that one.
0: Like father, like son? Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you mean that like in the the literal sense. Yeah, I won't
1: say any further. All right, two more on my list since we both had boss. Uh, This is another one. We've mentioned this anime uh, previously, but I'd like to be as ambiguous with this one as I can. And that is Kotaro's father from Kotaro Lives Alone. What a bit! That's a big asshole right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I won't elaborate, but he... He's just out there to ruin our good boy Cotaro's life. And that's, that's all I'll say. Like, yeah, we what else do we have to say about a, an asshole dad?
0: We don't know much, but we know enough, I would say, mm-hmm. to get a good understanding of what the fuck's going on there. Well, my next one is kind of out of left field. It's probably not a super obvious bad dad, but I wanted to mention this one because I, I think I think this is a pretty shitty father. That's Ed's dad from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> whose name I don't know like I can't remember his name but he literally lost Ed for years when he forgot which daycare he left her at like what the fuck what the <laughs> hell that is so bad and then she goes off on her own adventure you know meets up with the the crew of the bebop and then he just happens upon her on a fucking planet and then he's like just join me in my adventures and i mean ed being the free spirit that she is she's like okay but what the fuck and he he calls her francois and so like i'm (laughs) like is, is her name ed or is it francois i think ed might be like the name she made up for herself but mm-hmm. the fact that she had to make up her own name because she was too young to even know what her own name was when she was forgotten at the daycare is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> this
1: guy was a fucking airhead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that like father, like daughter, I mean, she's kind of an airhead too. But damn, dude. That's that's pretty bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Forgets to pick up a kid from daycare, like just forgets where the daycare is
0: for years. And like granted, Mm -hmm. he is searching for her for a long time, but I feel like he's searching his search for her kind of comes secondary to his own research. I think it's like he just happens to go to different planets as part of his research. And so as part of that, he's also kind of looking for Ed because I didn't think that was a priority for him.
1: Uh, I found out his name. It's Apple Deli Sinis Hesap Lütfen, and there's a tr- it's a piece of trivia that this sounds like a Turkish sentence, which translates to "Excuse me, check, please."
0: What the fuck? <laughs> I <don't> fucking no. <laughs> oh God. Well, yeah, that guy's a—he's something else, that's for sure.
1: All right, so I have one more on my list, and. I feel I think someone mentioned this on our Discord. There was a discussion about this on our Discord. And I am referring to Brock's dad from Pokemon.
0: Yeah, I have I have Brock's dad on here too and mom because shout out to Ted Turtle Twenty One and Sam from Anime Summit because they both shared some insight into yes. why Brock's dad and mom suck. And actually came up because Ted Turtle Twenty One Had mentioned after the Mother's Day episode that Brock's mom is a shitty mom that definitely lands on the worst list.
1: Yeah, so Flint and Lola are their names.
0: Flint, Flint. (laughs) Of course, it's Flint. (laughs) Like, is it like a rock? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Brock's dad is a deadbeat. (laughs) I know, like he and Lola, they raise this family of ten children
0: of a lot of fucking kids
1: yeah and they kind of don't lift a finger to raise any of them and so th- i think they both i know we're, we're, we're talking about the worst fathers in anime but you know just to kind of group lola into it, they both leave on their own pursuits i think uh flint wanted to become like a a, a great pokemon trainer but then he just failed at that and then was just too chicken shit to come back to pewter city. Oh my god. <laughs> so like, again, you you're leaving I think like Brock was probably like the oldest son uh to to like take care of all these kids and I'm sure that's not an easy thing. But that also the fact that you are too cowardly to return home. Like man up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I don't know or didn't know a lot about Brock's dad, but learning a little bit more about him and and his mom, I'm like, "Damn, these people suck." So, yeah, I kind of wish we had talked about Brock's mom on our Mother's Day episode, but thank you Ted Turtle 21 and Sam for enlightening us to what their what these parents are all about. <laughs> all right, two more on my list, and I have up next Tomioka Tosaka from Fate 0. He gave away, gave away one of his daughters to another house. I think like a rival house where they used her and abused her. And she essentially becomes a shell of her former self and is completely broken and doesn't give a fuck. I think it's part of tradition or some, something um, kind of led him to, to give his daughter to this rival house. But a rival family, I don't know what the the lore is a little lost on me. Um, It's been a bit since I watched Fate Zero and it was a bit confusing for me. But yeah, the guy is a total asshole because he adores their other daughter, but doesn't give a shit about the daughter he gave away and doesn't ask about her, doesn't care about her when uh another character kind of shares with him that his daughter is going through a terrible time. He's like, well, that's not my fucking problem.
1: Sounds some like like some Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, kinda. (laughs) It felt like
0: that. I was like, dude, this poor this poor girl, man. Your your dad does not give two shits about you, all for the sake of tradition or whatever the fuck it was. And the last bad dad, the the last worst dad I have is Gendo Ikari from Evangelion. He's notorious as one of the worst fathers in anime. He sucks. He clearly doesn't give a shit about Shinji and is so mean to him. Like he's cold and distant. Um, When they finally start interacting again, he forces him to do things he doesn't want to do when Shinji's breaking down crying, which happens a lot. uh, Is
1: he the source of all of that? (laughs) Yeah,
0: he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I don't. He very blatantly does not care about his own son, never has. And that's why he's known as a really shitty father in anime. So last up, we have our honorable mentions. Um, A couple on here. And again, these are characters we just don't know enough about, or maybe we're truly kind of in that gray space. They were kind of on the fence between best and worst fathers, where we wanted to, you know, again, put them here as a middle ground. So you have one I think you want to start with, right?
1: Yeah, I only have two, and I know one of them um, we will probably share. So, my honorable mention. Uh, is from Mirko-chan, actually, and it's Yotsuya Mamoru, who is Miko's father.
0: Oh, now I'm going to be sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, yeah, it can't really say much about Miko's father, and th- that's twofold. One, because he wasn't really around in the show, like maybe like two or so episodes, and two, it's a very important plot point. Uh, it's as- small but impactful. Yeah. Uh, But I will say that I I admire the guy for for wanting to rekindle his relationship with Miko because she kind of got mad at him over something very trivial. And it's just great that he even, despite what happened between them, he still wants to protect his family.
0: The other one, which I think is also on your list, is Lloyd Forger from Spy Mm -hmm. Family. Again, we don't know enough about him. Um, We also had your Forger from Spy Family, of course, on the Mother's Day episode, because it was just too soon to talk about her as a mother, and I think it's too soon to talk about Lloyd as a father, although we're seeing great things, I I think. By the end of season one, or I don't know if this is part one of season one, I think we'll be able to confidently say he's on the best father's list. But to be fair, because the, the first season hasn't even wrapped up, we thought it'd be best to keep him on honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, it's obvious that <laughs> Lloyd is not comfortable being a father right now, but I think he's he's getting a hang of it. it it's kind of like, do you remember that film, The Pacifier?
0: No. I don't know what that is. Oh. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it was a
1: film that came out early two thousand, starring Vin Diesel, the guy who played Dom Toretto. Uh, he was like a, I think he was a Navy SEAL, and then he was assigned to be like a a guardian for these kids, and it's him trying to figure out that situation.
0: I'm looking at the poster for this and I don't recognize this movie. Also, okay. this is like really it's <laughs> like a really boring, weird, weirdly photoshopped poster. Well,
1: you know, that's how like early two thousands comedy films used to be. Like, weird premise and then a very plain poster. Uh but yeah, I think Lloyd's kind of in the same boat where it's someone who hasn't been kind of within like a nurturing and supportive environment and it's them trying to navigate that using their own sense of logic and unique sense of knowledge
0: yeah i think he's doing the best he can not having anything to reference like you said like not having his own kind of father figure to to learn from and to reference as he's now a father figure to Anya. But what we're seeing so far is great. You can tell he genuinely cares about Anya and that while his mission is always kind of taking priority, he makes sure he doesn't cross that line and do anything that would put her in a bad position. So next on my honorable mentions is Naruto, I guess.
1: Oh, Boruto's be- dad? Because
0: Boruto exists. <laughs> I We haven't watched Naruto Obviously, we haven't watched Boruto, but I figured someone is going to reply to us or reach out to us and be like, why are you talk about Naruto? So here, we're talking about Naruto, even though we have literally no context other than the fact that Naruto is Boruto's dad.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, could we call him the worst father because he helped birth Naruto or Boruto?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You'll don't, have to wanna, ask a Naruto fan. Yeah, I don't want to
1: <laughs> cross that bridge.
0: So I also mentioned Endeavor. Um, I had Grisha on here, but I moved him to Worst Fathers. So in that middle ground, as well as Paul Grayrat from Mushoku Tensei, he's literally called a scumbag in the show. But there is a turning point in the story where he begins to change. So yeah, similar to Endeavor, he's kind of like that character you want to root for, but you can't exactly ignore what he did in the past. And I wouldn't say he's... His past self is definitely not as bad or as egregious as Endeavor was as a father, but he still did some things that are unforgivable, and he's still known as a scumbag. So I think Paul Rat sits comfortably in that honorable mentions middle ground.
1: Yeah, with a last name like that. <laughs> rat.
0: <Greyrat. laughs> and then the last honorable mentions I have is that one dad from full metal alchemist who i think his name is show tucker we have not seen full metal alchemist yet it's certainly on our watch list but we have seen the memes and we know all about his daughter and his dog so i'm just gonna put that out there because again i feel like someone's gonna reach out to us and be like i can't believe you didn't talk about the dad from full metal alchemist so here i've i've put him on honorable mentions I think technically he should go on Worst Dads, but because we haven't seen the show, we're at least put it, we're gonna at least acknowledge him and then do no more. Because I really I don't know what else to say about him other than there's fucking memes out there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've seen videos of people cosplaying as I think Show Tucker's quote unquote daughter at convention. Quote unquote, <laughs> and you know, like getting their their emotional reactions to it. It's always funny. Yeah, we need to watch Full Metal at some point.
0: I think it'll be soon. We're we're making our way through Bleach, and I think at some point fairly soon we'll, we'll start watching Full Metal Alchemist. So now let's move on to our patron question submitted by Jesse James. And again, we wanted to save this because we didn't want to spoil anybody on our list since Jesse James asks about specific characters on our list. So I'll read this out. Hey, I have a question for episode 92, the Father's Day episode, the best and worst fathers in anime. Between all the fathers in both the best and worst categories, which one would you or which ones would you choose to teach your hypothetical children in each of the following categories? So, we'll go one by one here. The first category is combat: hand-to-hand, melee weapon, ranged weapon. Who did you pick for that? <laughs>
1: These are very interesting categories, and a, from a very thought-provoking question. So, thank you, Jesse James, for for picking our brains a bit.
0: Yeah, I love these questions because I I had to really think about which characters I would trust and want to teach like our hypothetical children about these various things.
1: So, I think for me, for combat, I would choose Boss from ranking of kings because oh. <laughs> right he's he's the number one or yeah he's the number one king in the series and we've seen just how brutal his strength is so why not learn from the best
0: i would choose thors because he's a legendary fighter who knows how to fight but more importantly when to fight and the responsibility that you know, someone holds when fighting somebody else. And the, the lessons he teaches Thorfinn are really important, that violence and combat and all of that should not be your priority. But when it comes down to it, he could whoop some serious ass. The second area is intelligence, science, and magic. Who did you pick for that?
1: Um, I guess if you... Would you consider Nen as any of those intelligent science or magic.
0: Yeah. I think so. I
1: would, <laughs> I, guess,
0: I, I think, you know, I think so. Probably It's hard to
1: I guess define what NAN is, but if if we're considering that as part of this
0: It's a power system and it's not it wouldn't necessarily fall within combat. Yeah. Like it, it would, but it also wouldn't. Like I think it could fit in either combat or like intelligence science magic.
1: Yeah. But I guess I, what I'm going for for this is I would have Jing teach my children in this category. Um, I think it's established in the show that he's like a he's a very noble hunter, like a, a double double star hunter. So he's obviously very skilled in his craft. Uh, despite him being a, a largely absent father, um, I could just ensure that he teaches our hypothetical children the the magic that is Nen and learning which of the nun categories they would occupy.
0: I would choose Tomioka Tosaka from Fate Zero because he's, I think, a a very well-known mage, a very powerful mage. So his knowledge of magic and alchemy and whatnot would be very useful to teach because he teaches his one daughter um, all about that stuff, and she seems to be skilled through his teaching. So I think he'd be an effective teacher, but... I wouldn't want him to give away any of our hypothetical children to a rival house. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third area would be mischief, thievery, murder, persuasion.
1: So this is like, who would you send the black sheep of our hypothetical children to? (laughs) (laughs) I think for this one, it's got to be... Dario Brando from Jojo. Oh, because well, he gave again. He gave birth to the shittiest child in the universe. So why not go to that the, the most terrible father in Jojo to to help your kid get get a stand that can stop time or whatever.
0: I actually put Dio for mine. So kind of in the same vein. Oh, like, okay. When I think mischief, thievery, murder, and persuasion. I mean, there's no one more cunning and manipulative and mischievous than Dio himself. Yeah, so Especially <laughs> after he dropped the Brando and went from Dio Brando to just Dio.
1: Yeah, or I was going to say like just anyone from the Brando family.
0: Except the mom. I think the mom was a nice lady. Was she? I don't remember the yeah, mom. Yeah, I think Dio was sad because like she was nice and then his dad just treated her like shit mm. and drove her to her grave. So he resents Dario for that. That's like deep JoJo lore.
1: Hmm. Well, they're both great at teaching mischief, (laughs) evil, murder, and persuasion.
0: And then Jesse James shared their picks. So for combat, they picked Goku and said he may not know how to use a sword or gun or raise children. (laughs) Yeah, that's for (laughs) sure. But sure knows how to fight and become stronger. For intelligence, science, magic, Jesse James picked uh, Grisha Yeager from Attack on Titan. Isn't it every Asian parent's dream to have their children grow up to be a doctor? Because <laughs> Grisha was a doctor, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Grisha Yeager is a doctor.
0: <laughs> and then for mischief, thievery, murder, and persuasion, they picked Gendo Ikari from Evangelion. Um, was able to convince his son Shinji to pilot an Ava unit, which isn't easy to pilot. Yeah, I think he the guy's brilliant. Despite being a shitty father, he's a brilliant scientist, I guess you would categorize him as. But uh, I, I agree with all of those. I think those are all solid picks for teaching hypothetical children about these areas. So thank you, Jesse James, for submitting that question. We We had fun with this one. And yeah, with all of that, that's that's the Father's Day episode. Happy Those are the fathers. father's Day. Happy Father's Day. If we miss any fathers, please let us know because I'm sure there's some notable anime fathers out there from shows we haven't watched or let us know who you think are the best and worst fathers in anime. Join the Discord. The link is in the description if you want to talk a little bit about that and share your picks or share anybody that we missed. But yeah, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers in real life And in anime who are either great characters or shitty characters.
1: Well no, not the assholes in anime. You You all can fuck off. They
0: (laughs) as terrible as those fathers are, I think that that serves something to the stories that they're a part of.
1: Okay, yeah. So if they weren't there, then we wouldn't have the great anime stories that we do now. That is true. So okay, you get a small happy
0: father's day. Happy happy Father's Day. But thank you, everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and Connect with us. Subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us and share your picks for best and worst fathers. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website series.com If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreoncom series where you can also share your questions. Share your questions. You can also submit your questions to us to answer on an upcoming episode of Strictly Anime. And tune into Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's bizarre adventure, where I'm sure you'll hear us talk all about Dio and Dario and the other dads of JoJo. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.